What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is Chicago rapper Vic Spencer. We spoke about power, the water boy, his love for stand-up comedy, the power of world building and music and movies, making music during his time in a group home, the legacy of his breakthrough project, The Cost of Victory, the idea behind he and rapper producer Sonny Jim Spencer for Hire series, and the creative process behind he and Dr. Mindbender's collab album, Still Here. Come fuck with us. What's cracking? Welcome back. We're real notes is still going. They haven't um they haven't canceled me yet. We're still here. <laughs> um Dylan Green from the Maasai. Uh, I I do a lot of things. I'm all over the place. Um, but you know, you know, like most of the people I bring on to this show are also people who are doing a lot of things and are all over the place. And this guy is no exception. Um, this guy is a rapper. He's uh, we were just talking about it off camera. He was a, he's a youth advocate and um the old fart a rapping bastard, a bunch of other shit. Um, we got Chicago's own Vic Spencer in the building. What's up, man? How you, you feeling? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How you feel, man? Uh, I'm good, bro. It's uh um it's it's a it's it's like it's like 8:54 over here. It's about to be nine o'clock because I'm on the East Coast. I know you're in Chicago right now, and just like yeah, it's about to be eight. Right. Yeah. It's just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm feeling good. Like it's, it like, like it's spring and it's like, it's like that weird transition time between like winter and spring where like, it's easy to get sick and like COVID's around. So like things are paranoid, but also things are beautiful. And I really can't complain about shit, you know, like. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's, that's real right there. For sure. But yeah, man, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. I know you're a busy man. Um, and I've been and 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 as I'm sure you know, I've been fucking with you for the last like however many years. Like uh probably about damn, like six or seven years at this point. Like <laughs> Yeah, shit, that's facts. So, that's facts. Yeah, man. You've been yeah. on for the ride, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> oh, man, you you already know. I'm happy, I'm happy to I'm happy to be here. You know, the music's been dope and just yeah, I'm 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 a I'm a fan of it all. So we're gonna try to cover as much as we can here um yes sir and so i'm gonna ask you the first question i ask everybody who comes on here which is uh what was the last movie or tv show that you watched that you had a strong opinion about i already know what the last movie you watched is because we just talked about it but you could pick anything that you just like like it doesn't have to be the thing you're probably thinking of but it could be whatever uh i watched uh i watched the last thing i watched was uh the power the force um the uh was the uh the tommy tommy from power his uh they showing his chapters so that was the last thing that i watched i well i was in the movie with the you know what i'm saying that was pretty dope but you know what i'm saying i ain't had like no strong opinion about it but uh but the power i feel like a lot of the general consensus people don't uh and can't get into it but i like it you know what i'm saying so i'm a I'm the uh, unpopular opinion. I like I like the uh, the power force. I like to see how uh, Tommy comes out on top in another city on his own to do his own thing. If you follow that 
whole ordeal. I feel like I don't be having a lot of time to watch a lot of stuff. Like for two hours, I could have crafted like five songs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, <laughs> I be choosing my battles. So that was kind of like the last thing that I did watch something that me and my wife, my wife like to watch is the power stuff. So I'll watch that with her, you know what I'm saying? And then now, now that I watch it frequently with her, I know about it now. So, you know what right. I'm saying? A lot of my, a lot of my homies don't like the power, but I like the power. <laughs> I like the new force. You know what I'm saying? Have they, have they, they told show. you why, they, have you, um, have, sorry, have they told you why they don't like it? Cause it seems, cause, cause like, Cause, cause like I talk to people who like it's been like real mixed and real divisive. Like a- anybody tell you why they don't fuck with it? I guess they just looking for the craziness of Tommy. They expecting they expecting Tommy to be wilding out. You know what I'm saying? They ain't following like just the beginnings of things. You know what I'm saying? They, I think people just want it straightforward, straight to the point. And you know what I'm saying? All the theatrics they ain't they ain't into. But I like the theatrics. I like the little small details that you got to pay attention to and carry on to the next season or the next episode and stuff like that. So I like I like little small little details like that. You know what I'm saying? But they just want to see it like, you know, oh, man, I want to see Tommy kill 10 people each episode. You know what I'm saying? So I, I ain't that type. I think that a lot of people want to see the craziness. You know what I'm saying? And. You know they not they not uh, following through, but I like I like it. I like I like this new sports joint. I like it. I like the way what is going. It's going to be in the last episode this Sunday, and man, yeah, I'm you know waiting on the Tariq stuff to come back. I be I be into uh, that's probably the only thing I'm into. The power, the snowfall. You know what I'm saying? I'll be watching all those type of. I've been watching those type of uh, things since I ain't been having no time to like sit down and watch a movie. If I go to the movies, bro. I go to the movies and go buy a bucket of popcorn and dip and leave. <laughs> I don't even go. I go the last last few times I went in the movie theater. I went and bought a bucket of popcorn, dressed it up with the butter, all through the whole bucket, and got up out of there. Wrapped it up and got it up out of there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I didn't even watch the movie. So yeah, so yeah. But power and snowfall, all those. All those joints, I'm in, I'm enjoying that. Even Snowfall, a lot of people's opinions is kind of mixed on that too. Yeah, you know especially but this new I, season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, everybody like, man, John Singleton ain't got nothing to do with this, but you can tell, woo, woo, you can tell. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just, I get it, but I still like it. I still, I like all the theatrics. I like all that. I like that they had the tiger in there. A lot of people didn't like that they had the tiger in one of the new episodes, man. I like that. I, I was like, man, they had tigers in them old school chairs and shit like that in the eighties, in the nineties, in the, in, the, in the late eighties, and you know what I'm saying? They had that stuff, so right. they implemented it in a crazy, weird ass way. But you know what I'm saying? I, I thought that that shit was dope. <laughs> See, two things. I, I, I want to address two things you just said. A, world building is super dope to me too, and like especially especially on a show like Power, because like. Cause like the details of like the details are what makes everything about power so great, you know. Like I know, I know, I know people just I know people just want the explosions and the fights and like of course like we all want that shit. Like who doesn't want that? But like, right. but like it's but like it's the buildup and like understanding like how it like like having the context just makes it feel better. Like I don't know. Like it's it's it, it's just like 
you, you, you know, like, I guess like an example, since we were talking about Singleton, like if, if, uh, if Boys in the Hood open with Ricky getting shot, right? Like, I don't really, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really feel like it would be, the impact wouldn't be as crazy if we didn't like get to know him, know that he liked football, knew that he had a kid, you know, like that type of shit, you know, like it's, it's, it's like the buildup. And then just like the, it hurts that much more because you feel like, you know, the nigga, right? Like, that's just, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, that's how I feel personally. Like, yeah, no, that's how I feel too. I agree with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Once you like, you get interacting well, you, you get involved with knowing a character in a movie, like you, you damn near attached to him, damn near. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, damn, that happened. It's like that gut feeling when you're done watching it. Like, ah, I get me all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, like Ricky getting shot, Kane getting shot. Like, uh-huh. what if Kane never got shot and he moved out to, you know, I always think about that. I think that those kind of movies and those sudden things that happen, it gives you that, it gives you that, uh, that, uh, that resemblance. Like, man, what if? And I think that's probably like what directors would like to catch. Like, man, what if he never? What if he did make it? You know what I'm saying? What if he did? What if? What if? Um, what if Ricky never would have got shot? What if he would have never went with went to go get the cornmeal? You know what I'm saying? So, right. you know, all of those things. You know, asking those questions, man, it always just reminds you how much of a good movie it was. Right. Yeah, that's the shit that makes it stick in your head, and you're thinking about it in like a month, and like six months from now, yeah. type shit. Like and yeah. um, what else was I gonna say? Uh, the theatrics, cause like, cause like, from what I, cause like, I haven't been, I haven't been keeping up with Snowfall. This is this this is the third episode in a row I've talked about Snowfall. It's crazy, but like, um, I haven't been keeping up with it. But I've been seeing the clips, and I saw like that they were at the wedding, and like they were all on drugs or whatever the fuck. And like, I love like 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 the show was established enough that it could take those like weird risks and have those like having a conversation with yourself while you're on drugs at a wedding type episodes. Like I love stuff like that. So to see them kind of yeah. cutting loose, but like, I also don't have as much context. So I don't know like how it fair. I don't know how it compares to everything, but like, I'm always pro like take the risk and make it weird. If you want, like, that's, that's just me. Yeah. But, 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 but like, Change I also the narrative, get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. I, but, but yeah. like, I get it too. Expect the unexpected type. Yeah. I, right. I, I nah. definitely feel like it's too much. Like, wait a minute. Like, dang. You know what I'm saying? You, it, but even then, it made you think like, oh, everybody off drugs. Maybe that was like around the time that LSD was first initiated. Because I ain't never heard, you know, that a snowfall is going back from the from the early 90s. And I mean, early 90s, late 80s and stuff like that. So, right. you know, I just try to think of it in that aspect. Like, man, maybe LSD wasn't around like that. Maybe you just introduced them to that. You know what I'm saying? Or they knew about it and it was new on the scene. You know what I'm saying? It was like how everybody got drugged. That's the that was the new wave. You know what I'm saying? Something. It, it still made me question. You know what I'm saying? It right. still make me ponder. Try to right. find a way to just ask, ask about it. Like, you know, just be involved. You just involved with the show like that or, or a movie like that. You just involved like that. It makes me interrogate why it's going on. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, nah, all that shit is so important. And like, even just like, even just like not on a movie tip, it's just like, like the thing that I love about the, like the thing that I love about movies that is kind of a similar thing that I love about music like yours, you know, like, you know, like listen, listening to like, 
like when I first discovered your shit, when I first heard like the cost of victory and like St. Gregory and all that stuff, like, like, uh-huh. the st- like the stuff you rap about feels like I could touch it in that way. You yeah. know, like I kind of, I kind of, I kind of yeah. get from your music what like you get from stuff like that, like you were just talking about. And like, that's why music and movies are these two things that just like really like get to me, you know? Cause like they can, like they can do that separately and they can do it together. And that shit is like yep. amazing to me. Um, so like, just, just like just because I'm curious, like usually, like usually the second question I ask is like, what was your first your first movie memory? But because you said something different earlier, I want to tack on a caveat. I want to know the first movie experience you can remember having. It could be at the theater, your cousin's house, whatever. But I want to know the first time you bought a ticket just to buy some popcorn and leave the fucking theater. <laughs> Cause that's the craziest shit I ever heard in my life. But <laughs> well, I well, I used to, I used to, I used to not. I, I love popcorn. I love movie popcorn. I love right. Target popcorn. I love uh, Carnival uh, popcorn. I love those kind of popcorn. So, I feel you. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily buy a ticket, a movie ticket. I would just walk in the theater because you know I think you could just buy things from the theater and not have to watch a movie just to buy things. So oh, that's crazy. I go in there, yeah. I just walk in and just be like, yeah, I'm just going to go. I'm I'm not trying to uh, get sneak in. I just want to buy popcorn. That's it. You know what I'm saying? I go buy my popcorn and go dress it up. But uh, uh, the first, so I don't know if I can answer your question like that. So like, I ain't buy a ticket to go see okay. something and then then go see it because I wanted popcorn. I just usually just go in and be like, yo, I'm ordering popcorn. And I just go and get it, and they know me. Just be like, yeah, just go and get it. Uh, right, yeah. Get up out of there. That's just yeah. That's just a misunderstanding on my part. I uh, yeah. I thought I I I read too much into it, but <laughs> but um. Oh, what's it called? But either way, like, do you remember? Do you remember the first movie experience you had where you like really like watched something and just like connected with it? Uh, uh well. I re- I'll, I'll say two two parts. It's like a two part in the outline. I remember my first time going to the movies and really enjoying it is when I saw Above the Rim, and uh, I snuck in to see after I, after after Above the Rim went off. I snuck in to go watch Jason's lyric. You know what I'm saying? And how and you know what I'm saying? I, I I went to another theater and stuck in and saw that. But yeah, that was that was a good. One. But I also uh, was heavily involved in Happy Gilmore and Waterboy. Like I remember, I remember going to go see Waterboy four times. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know, I just I was just I was attached to that film like that. You know what I'm saying? I went to go see Waterboy four times in the in the theater. So that I would say that time right there is probably like I was heavily invested in the story. I wanted Adam Sandler to get the Vicky Valancourt. I wanted, uh, you know what I'm saying? I, uh, I like the the fact that he was kind of like this hero on a football team. Everybody didn't like him, you know what I'm saying? And then he found ways for people. People started liking him because, you know, he was fully invested in into himself. He loved himself. And, you know, he was himself. So I was hella, hella attached to that movie. You know what I'm saying? Waterboy. Adam Sandler is a good guy. Waterboy though, Waterboy. That's a that's, that's that's a classic. That's a classic for me. Ah. And Fat Beats too. I like Fat Beats too, man. Brown Hooks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fat Beats. I used to. Uh, I watched that in the movies, 
and then I went and bought I bought it on cassette. I mean, I bought it on VHS. Then when they started doing DVDs, I bought DVD. And <laughs> yeah, man, all of old comedy joints, man. I love them comedy joints. So I would say Happy Gilmore, though. Not Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore is another one of my favorites. But Waterboy. Right. That's I would say Waterboy is uh that was like one of the movies that uh one of my favorite movies of all time almost. Man, yeah, like yeah, yeah like so so many, so many of those early Adam Sandler movies were just like were so formative to so many people. Cause like I came on, I want to say I came on around like I want to say either Big Daddy or Little Nicky were the were the first two that I saw. Um, I can't remember oh, exactly wow. which one yeah, it that's was. After everything, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, nah, he was he was yeah, already like, established and everything. But mm-hmm. like, but like, but like, but like, Waterboy in particular is one that I know a lot of people love. Like, I like the movie. I think it's really good. Um, I also love Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore is the one that yeah. I remember the most because I just think about I just think about when um, um I just think about him and Bob Barker fighting on the fucking green and that shit kills me every time. <laughs> I love <But> like... <laughs> that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like so 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 so, so you kind of mentioned it earlier, but like what is it like what is it about comedy that you kind of gravitated toward? Because that seems to be your kind of that kind of seems to be your uh the thing that really hooks you about this shit. Uh, I just like to laugh. You know what I'm saying. I like the I like the energy that laugh that laughing gives you. You know what I'm saying. And I think that movies that makes you laugh. You know what I'm saying. It kind of like makes your day go smooth if you're having a bad day. Or you know what I'm saying. It's like a it's like a it's like a refresher. You know what I'm saying. So comedy right. give me that. It reminds me of like man. You know what I'm saying. It's okay to be frustrated about something, but you know what I'm saying? You're going to always find a time to laugh. You're always going, you know what I'm saying? Like, so everything I try to do, I try to just, you know, try to make people laugh. Or I, you know what I'm saying? I watch stand-up comedy and try to laugh, you know what I'm saying? And and all of that good stuff. So I'm, comedy is always my go-to because, you know, I like to laugh. I like laughing. Laughing at funny shit should be funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean, great answer. Like, you know, like just like, like I feel like everybody likes to laugh, like regardless yeah. of what it's at. Like it's, it's, it like, like it feels good, and like, and you know, like, and like, and like rap music is something else that like just makes people laugh like all the time. Like, would it be, would it be, would it be safe to assume that like, it, was that part of the reason why you kind of started to gravitate toward rap when you were younger, or, or like? Or are those two things not connected in that way? Like, yeah, I guess. Or, I, guess yeah, I, it's just yeah. a, I think it's a, it's a winky dink. It's like a, it's a yeah. winky dink. It's it's kind of connected uh, uh, in a way, but you know, like funny rappers is is uh, it kind of like help you know mold my style. Like Sean Price was a funny ass rapper. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He say funny ass shit. You know what I'm saying? So. Red man's funny ass rapper, Ludacris funny mm-hmm. ass rapper, Busta Rhymes in his older time. I mean, his, in his younger days, funny ass rapper. So, yeah. you know, those those like rap music kind of like did it, but you know, I still like funny shit. So that could be, it could be, you know, a reason why you know I, I like to have like little funny fans in my rap because of the movies. You know what I'm saying? I might throw a movie reference in that. So yeah, I would say a little bit, but more of more of rappers of that kind that's like uh, comedic comedic rappers more than the actual comedy movies or shows right 
real quick before we move on to music specifically um do you have a favorite stand-up comedy um uh why am i blanking on the word fucking do you have a favorite stand-up comedy set like is it like your do you have like a go-to uh, mike Epps. mike Epps, uh underrated and underrated and x faded faded and underrated faded and underrated yeah. out dougie fresh yeah, oh man, that I be crying every time I watch that. That's hilarious. That is one hilarious stand-up. Mike Epps, one of his uh, you know, doing you know, one of his uh like I don't know if that was one of his first uh stand-up comedy shows, but that's gotta be his best one. Like the that's a classic. That's an automatic classic. Like I every time I throw it on, I laugh. Or uh, that and uh Kings of Comedy, Bernie Max. Uh, King's yeah. comedy. Uh, come on, come thing. on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's I, I, I man. When he did that, uh, he was teasing me. I was crying. I, I couldn't <laughs> breathe watching that shit when I first seen that. We used to rewind that part so much. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, <laughs> but Mike Epps, he funny as shit, man. That funny. That uh, that uh, over underrated again, and never faded at that point. It is that that joint is fire. like mike epps is such a he's he's such an interesting like because like to me my entire life he's kind of had like uncle vibes like even when he was like not in a bad way but just like he always kind of struck me as like a he always struck me as like a funny uncle like the first time i saw him and like he's just been that forever you know like to kind of see him cut loose a little more and like do it and stand up has always been really fun for me because i'm 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 he's one of those people i'm always used to seeing like as an actor like whether it's in like the friday movies or him him popping up in like a kendrick video or whatever the fuck but like you know like but like he's he's always been somebody i've I've always loved he he always makes me laugh and like if i had to pick a couple of my favorites i love richard pryor's live on the sunset strip um Uh uh-huh classic that 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 shit'll have me dead every time i watch it um cat williams pimp chronicles is probably maybe maybe my favorite one of all time oh like, man yeah bro. and um yeah i'm probably also, i'm probably also gonna say like either the kings of comedy or there's like a specific bernie mac one i can't remember the name of it but like bernie mac was just amazing like i remember where i was when he died like that's how much I love Bernie Mac, and like the Bernie Mac show is one of my favorite things to watch growing up. Like, man, just Bernie Mac was fucking amazing. Any anything he did would have me on the floor at all times. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah you already yeah. know. Um, so so yeah, real quick, let's jump over to music. So like for you, like kind of coming up, what was um. Uh, when did you kind of first fall in love with rap, and who were some of, who were some of your other influences? Because you already mentioned a bunch of them before. Uh, but like it was man, I I really fell in love with hip hop. Like listening to whatever my brother listened to. Like back in the day, he used to listen to hella abbreviated rappers: MC Breed, MC Ren, MC Brains. MC8, yeah. DJ Quick, all of these guys, you know what I'm saying? I used to used to be stealing his tapes or, you know what I'm saying, adopting what he listened to whenever he's not around and listen to it myself. And then uh, when I got my own uh, ear for music, that was when around the time uh, Nas and Redman and uh, Boogie Monsters and Brother Lynch hung and 
the loonies. Like I was listening to all of that shit. You know what I'm saying? That was that was my shit. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, like when I first started listening to rap music on my own, top mm-hmm. authority. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Chicago shit like E.C. Ella and, um, and Twister and Do or Die, all of that. Like I was a I was a big bowl of con- gumbo. You know what I'm saying? Full of surprises, listening to everything. You know what I'm saying? But mainly uh, guys that I mentioned, Looney's, Boogie Monsters, Nas, you know what I'm saying? Red Man, those guys, man. I, you know, I felt like I was the only one out of my uh, family or everybody that I was around that was listening to music. So I felt like I was the only person listening to that. Everybody was listening to, you know, Dayton Family or motherfucking uh, Top Authority or, you know what I'm saying? Abbreviated rappers, you know what I'm saying? But nobody was listening to, um, you know, the loonies like that. You know what I'm saying? Five only was a radio smash, but I was listening to other songs. You know what I'm saying? I was listening right. to they B cuts. Right. And on top of and on top of all of that, like, like I think about this a lot. Like you're one of the only rappers I think about who like really talk about Redman like that these days, which is kind of strange because like I'm from Jersey, so like so, so like so like I'm big on <laughs> Redman. Like that's 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 my whole shit. Like Doc's been one of my favorite rappers since I was a kid. But like it's just like yeah. it's just always so interesting to hear. Like it just always makes me so happy to hear anybody talk about like Muddy Waters. Or like, or just like anything he did, you know, like so, like it's it's just weird mm-hmm. to hear him like not really, like, like I don't want to be like presumptuous or like premature about it, but like it always feels like Redman never gets his flowers. It's like strange because like really? he was like really killing it forever. He still is, you know, yeah. to to a certain extent. So it's weird to like see him not be in conversations like that. So it's like thank you for bringing up Redman because he's the best. Yeah, real man is, you know what I'm saying, in my top five dead or alive, for real. Yeah, bro, like, he's 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 just, yeah, he's just, he's just, like, he's just so much fun and just, like, there's always so much adventure to what he does, and it's just, I don't know, like, like, like Muddy Waters and, um, um, I know how to roll a blunt's not on Muddy Waters, but how to roll a blunt's just, like, a, just, like, a, just, like, what an incredible song. I don't know. He's just, like, yeah. he's just, like, he's just, like, the... He's just like the platonic ideal of like, just like chill rapper homie type shit. I don't know. That's just like always what I got from him. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. That's hard. Um. So, you know, like, so like, as you're trying, you know I'm saying? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. The, uh, the internet cut you no. off. What were you saying? I said real high, get high vibes, chill vibes. Red man, I was speaking on red man, what you were saying. Right, right, right. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't so, know. I think I just pulled up to the crib. It might be it might be the um uh, it might be the Wi-Fi might connect it to my phone or something. I don't know. Gotcha. Um, happy. Gotcha. Um so you know, like so so like as so like as you were so like as you were coming up and like kind of starting to develop your own taste when it came to both music and, you know, to a certain extent, like movies and comedy, like when did you first consciously link or like, was there ever a period of time where you consciously linked film and music together in your head? Uh, yeah. Like sometimes like when I'm driving or like, if I'm like, 
preoccupied with something and I get distracted for something that's in my head, like I stop what I'm doing to write down whatever's that's in my head. Like, like I don't care. Like, like if I'm driving or if I'm eating, I stop, I stop driving or eating and, and, and pin down something that was in my head that I felt like I need to say in a rap or, you know what I'm saying, find another or just like a, a, a sentence that would raise the idea that's around things that I want to rap about that always remind me. So, yeah, like I feel like the, a lot of my music, uh, people can see the music instead and, and hear it and see it at the same time because of that, because I because I take those take the time out for when soon when I hear something in my head or see it in my head, I go and write it down. You know what I'm saying? I remember being on a date. You know what I'm saying? Had a distract was distracted of a rap bar, wrote it on a napkin. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I, 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 I don't know. That's how I, I feel like some of the best stuff has come up that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just if like I, if I'll answer the question correctly. No, I think so. But like, be like, but like, just to elaborate a little bit, like, so like, you're kind of saying that. Like, are they things that you think of or are they things that you just like notice somewhere out in the open? Or is it just like, oh, just like the, the shit just came into my head and I needed to write it down. Oh, like all of that, all of that in one, all of that. Right. You know what I'm saying? If I see yeah. something, it's like, oh, I need to, you know what I'm saying? I can, I can write down what I saw and then make up a crazy bar to about that. You know what I'm saying? So, right. the, yeah, it's kind of like all of that. Like at any given moment, like if I see something or if I. You know, if, if I'm driving past and see a, a car flipped over, you know what I'm saying, and it made like national headlines, then I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a reference to that. You know what I'm saying, in like a a, a crazy way. After I made me feel when I saw it, so maybe they you know that me identifying with whatever happened can transcend through other people. Right, that's hard. <laughs> Like just kind of like taken from life in that way, you know. It's it, it, it's just it's just like art imitating life is cool. I fuck with that. Um, so like, so like while so like when did you so like when did you first decide that rap wasn't just gonna be a hobby for you and it was gonna be something that you really like pursued on some like I want to do this forever type shit. Uh, I want to say uh. I want to say when I entered the group home, I entered the group home. I was always like writing and rapping on like cassette tapes and recording myself on this karaoke machine that I had. But when I got into the group home, I was a, I used to be a, I used to hoop. I used to like hoop. I used to play ball. Like rap was super secondary. And, you know, not having the, not having like the privilege to move around while I was in those group homes kind of restricted me of things like going to basketball camps and, and just going to different tryouts and stuff like that. I remember Alonzo morning having like a, a basketball camp and I couldn't go. And I remember like not being so frustrated with not being able to go. And then I just was like, you know what? I'm just finna just start rapping. You know what I'm saying? And I just started rapping, bro, out of nowhere. I just said, fuck it, you know what I'm saying? We continue to uh, 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 and, and, and rap my ass off. And, and, and I think that that was my point. Like, I can really do this. And then when the group home 
turned around and gave me a record deal. That was kind of like my first taste of uh, business and music. Like I signed this deal. I learned about ASCAP and all of this stuff. Wow. I was uh, just emancipating out of a group home DCFS agency. So it was just like, man, okay, now I can take it a lot more serious. Now I won't be recording in little Ray Ray basement. I'm actually going to a studio. My CDs are coming from disc makers. I'm a teenager when all of this is going on, 19 years old. And um, I just felt like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is, this is what it feels like, you know, we were traveling all across the country, just going to like different uh, group forms. I remember going to some uh, event where it was nothing but foster parents in Sacramento. You know what I'm saying? We drove, we, we flew, that was my first time on a plane. You know what I'm saying? We flew out there and we sold hundreds of CDs out of, out of the box at this event. After performing for 20 minutes, we selling $20 CDs from disc makers at this time so i that was like yeah this is my taste of this is my taste of real really like yeah i really can do this and once we got too old to do what we was doing all around the country that's when i branched off and started taking it ultra serious and doing my own thing which is where we at right now right and you know like it's been it's been a long journey like you know like from the group home to like there even and then and then like at that point you just started going crazy you dropped all these projects work for so many people i could sit here and name names but i won't do that but like but, but you know you kind of like built this whole you just like built a whole like vic spencer universe and then and then the cost of victory comes out and that kind of feels like to an extent like I'm, i mean like you had had records that kind of broke in a way before that but like the cost of victory kind of felt like a it was just like oh like it felt like everybody was like oh who's Vic Spencer like that's kind of at least for me personally that's when I first started to notice it like obviously everyone's different but like I but like just because yeah. I'm curious and because like that project is such a foundational um it's so foundational to my understanding of you like as an MC like you know like when you first put that together um, did you expect that project to kind of really be the one that would bring in so many people? Cause like, I listened nah. to the song, I listened to the song with you, Sean Price and Illa G on it. Like often, like, I love that song. Mm -hmm. Just, just had to say that. Like yeah. that's, that's yeah. yeah. But yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. No, I did not think that that was the one, but I did think that song was great because I actually recorded that song with Sean Price and Illa G in the studio in the flesh. And, uh, and, you know, to, to, to hear them give me feedback about my verse and how Illa G came in and bodied us, how me and Sean Price just laughed about that with Illa G. Like, man, you came here late, you bodied us. What do you got to say for yourself? You know what I'm saying? Like, we, <laughs> like, like to be able to do all of that, that was, that's the, that's the kind of, like, you know, the goals that I would love to have reached, you know what I'm saying? If I wasn't thinking like that, you know what I mean? But I, Sean Price was my, uh, is my, one of my favorite artists of all time. So it's, it's just like, man, I'm in the studio. I'm in the studio with him. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And I had this song called the writers on, uh, the cost of victory, which is one of the joints that's always forever. I'm going to be attached to because I sat and watched, 
That song didn't belong to me at first. I sat and watched that song develop. I sat and watched that beat get done. I sat and watched the guy sing the chorus. I sat and watched all those verses come together. And um, and I and the song wasn't mine, but I loved the song. And, and, I, and years went by, none of them dropped the song. So I always had like a reference of the song because I was in the studio. And I just hit up all parties like, yo, I want this song for myself. So I went in and added another verse. You know what I'm saying? And man, I had to have that song on the album. Like that song right there, that's that's one of my pride and joys right there. To have a song that I sat and watched happen, didn't have no parts of it. Didn't I don't think I was uh ready to be on that song when it was recorded. And to the point where I felt like I was ready to, to be on that song and actually get the song from all parties and put it on my album. So having that full circle is also one of those, yeah, this is the one. Right. Yeah, but cost of victory kind of like surprised the hell out of me. Like the success, I feel, I feel like it was, a, it's a lot of parts that made that album successful or it was like a ha ha. It was informative and ha ha because this was the same year that uh that uh that Mick Jenkins came and me and Mick Jenkins had this little thing right. going on. Yeah. And um and my album had came out before all of that. But then, you know, my album started getting like mad PR. Like I feel like I feel like people think I went after Mick Jenkins because I was a nobody, but I just went after him because I just wanted to let him know that he couldn't fuck with me on some rap shit, on some like some real rap shit, like scrap away all of your verifications and all of that. You can't mess with me on this rap shit. I just, I just wanted to prove that point. And, you know, I, I wasn't trying to like, you know, do a publicity stunt and all of this stuff. If I was, I would have been promoting my albums, but really I just wanted to focus on bodying him. That's all I wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? People thought that since, you know, people didn't know who I was, people were saying like, yeah, you know, you're trying to find somebody to pick on. Ooh, ooh. And it's, I got this, you know, this fixated thing about Vic Spencer where I'm always starting trouble and all of that. But I wasn't the one that started that. I just was the guy that finished it. And, um, and then, and then my album, that album was ranked number 19 out of the top 40 albums on Rolling Stones at the end of that year. And it was kind of like a slap in the, like a ha-ha, like, ah, I told you, you know what I'm saying? And it got higher ratings than Pitchfork. And I didn't ask for none of that stuff. I didn't have, I didn't have no PR, you know what I'm saying? So it just happened. It was kind of like, it was very surprising. Yeah, it was very surprising. I feel like, shout out to David Drake, because he was, uh, he really like, if, if, if Vic Spencer was a vinyl, that was hard to find and all these record stores that you went to and all of the people that was telling David Drake stories were the record stores. You would be go crazy how my name came up in a lot of people's history. So I feel like David Drake was kind of that guy that would go and talk to different people from Chicago and my name would come up somehow. You know what I'm saying? Right. And he got to be able to see me in the flesh. He linked up with me and seen me in the flesh recording The Cost of Victory. And I feel like he took like a strong liking to that project because of that. You know, he felt, I feel like it's just like with the movies. You feel attached to something. You feel attached to 
if you witnessing something, you watching something, you feel attached to that moment. And I feel like that's what the cost of victory was for David Drake, because I feel like yeah, it's my my first baby to a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Like that that is like my yeah, this is my yeah, this is one of my greatest albums right here. This is what people are gonna go to and listen to this shit and and, and know that I got a real Sean Price verse and you know what I'm saying? I got all types of shit on that. Our work was by my homies. You know what I'm saying? All of that stuff is a factor. You know what I'm saying? And right. the cost of victory, the story alone itself, I, I had took, I, I took, I took, I took one of my pops church tapes. My pops used to have these church tapes and um, just hoarder these tapes and they just clogged up the one of his rooms. And I just took a lot of those tapes and recorded raps, recorded one take freestyles over them. And one of the sermons was called The Cost of Victory. And I took that and named my album The Cost of Victory. That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, so I think I think that like all the components that the cost of victory really has, like I feel like the accolades of those those accolades wasn't on the forefront. So that's why I did that's why I feel like that would be the understanding of that album is, you know what I'm saying, one of them ones. But it's it's because of everything else outside of that. Like people really enjoyed that. People really liked that like the cost of victory people really think that that's the that's they, they're gonna say that's at the top five big Spencer albums everybody's gonna say that right like that's just like a you know you know like for me personally it's definitely one of my favorite projects of yours and just like that like there's just so much there was so much revolving around that moment it's just like I can imagine that it was like really vindicating for you to just kind of like get put on in that way and also I want to shout out David Drake too because David Drake's dope you know like he's um we've never met in person but that's the homie shout out to Dave he's amazing and always puts on for good people um and yeah like he was he was a big part of the reason why I've been hearing about you and the cost of victory and the work you've been doing with tree and all that stuff so like yeah, so yeah he definitely played a huge yeah. part of that and then and then moving yeah. on from the and then moving on from the cost of victory like 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 the series that really gets me when it comes to you is the one you have with Sonny Jim Spencer for hire I love I love the idea I love the fact that y'all kind of found each other and like turned it into like a thing that you do every once in a while so like I know it's based on a TV show so like walk me through well a walk me through how you and Jim first met and b where did the idea to take the Spencer for hire concept come from? Like, like, like why, like why was doing that with him a thing you decided needed to happen? Um, well, initially, uh, me and Sonny Jim, like we still haven't met. We just talked to each other through WhatsApp, FaceTime, stuff like that. But um, uh, somebody tweeted that, his name was Gene Diamond. The real Gene Diamond tweeted that me and Sonny Jim should do something together. And that's how it solely happened. Like, I, you know, I went and uh, looked up what he did, what he was doing. I was like, oh, man, dude is, you know, I, I was into the, the those kind of rappers. So, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, oh, okay. You know, uh, being, um, uh, 
being that he was from the UK, I was just like, okay, this is something new. This is something new for me. You know what I'm saying? I could probably implement uh working with working with Sonny Jim in this in this capacity. I like his production. I like everything about him. So everything about him started to, you know, I started to like his like his music, like his work. So you know, I just reached out to him. Just was like, man, yo, let's let's work on something. He already knew who I was. And from there, you know, it was a wrap. You know what I'm saying? From there, from that moment on, from that point on, it was just like, yeah, let's let's get it done. Now, I didn't necessarily have a name for the album. Uh, I didn't have a name for the album. I ain't have, I have like really no direction. Like I had went to Cali. Right, both like when how I work, I gotta take breaks in the how I say it because how I work is I pick all the beats. Like once I'm chimed in on working with a with an artist like such and such and Sunny Jim, and he's the producer, I take all of I pick all the beats first and put them in the folder and just sit with them for a while with a like a month before I go dive in and start recording it. Within that month, I happened to take a trip to L.A. And um, I went to go see Uncle House Shoes. Shouts to Shoes. You Shout know out what I'm to Shoes. Yeah, you already know. <laughs> yeah. So I pulled up on Shoes. And, you know, I'm just, you know, kind of like Shoes. Kind of like my guy that I go and visit every time when I'm in L.A. Or just hit him up. Just let him know I'm in town. Chop it up with him from, uh, from time to time. But uh, this specific time. Uh, he was DJing somewhere, and uh, after we left, we went back to his crib, and we were just listening to uh, all different kinds of shit. And I was just telling them how, um, how I was doing an album with Sunny Jim. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I like Sunny Jim, dude. It's nice." I'm like, "Yeah, for sure. I, I rock with him too." You know, and I'm listening to the beats with him. I just started playing playing the beats with him because you know, of course, Shoes is a producer as well. So I'm just like, yeah, man, these beats is fire. You know what I mean? I was, and then I just started thinking the name. I was like, what you think about Spencer for Hire? Like the show, Spencer for Hire, H-I-R-E. What you think about that? He was like, I like that, Vic, but you should call it Spencer for Hire, as in getting high. I said, man, that's genius, bro. That is genius. So house shoes, South, that's why house shoes is kind of like implemented in all of the, all of the, every album. Because, right. you know what I'm saying, he was right there when I was, you know, getting the, you know, just getting the feel of recording the Spence for Hire. So, Shoes is kind of, is responsible for uh, Spencer for Hire in regards to how it's spelled. You know what I'm saying? Because we were getting high as shit. Right. Like, he was like, man, Spencer for Hire. I was like, man, that's genius. I told Sonny Jim. Sonny Jim was like, yeah, that's genius. And Sonny Jim didn't have a clue what the hell Spencer Fire was. <laughs> he didn't know about the, the 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 sitcom. He didn't know about nothing. He didn't know. He said, I never heard of the program. You know what I'm saying? I heard it in the interview that he had. Like, I never heard of the program. You know what I'm saying? So I went and looked up the program. Like, oh, yeah, this is genius right here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he caught on real quick, and then it was the rest is history. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, two two things. A, a how did Hex get involved? Because I know Hex, I know um I'm, I'm, I know Ironside Hex is involved with all the different intros too. <laughs> so that's, so yeah, let's start there. Yeah. So yeah, how did so see like how did Hex get involved with all of them? Because because all his intros always crack me up. Like 
uh, Hex always been a big Spencer fan for a while now, for a real long time. Uh, I think it was because of Sean Price. Shout to Sean Price. He really was always. putting his foot on next to let people know that he was uh, fucking with my shit. He was letting people know. Like, he was spreading the word. Like, for real, for real. And um, and Hex had this opposite thing. Like, I hate you, but if you say that, he loves you. You know what I'm saying? It's the opposite. You know what I mean? So once once you figure that out, you know what I'm saying? Hex is Hex is a cool guy. And uh, I always fuck with Hex, like, from back in the day when he was just, like, a rugged motherfucker. He was a street motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? And he stole Youngberg's chain. He said, <laughs> 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 he, well, I don't know if he stole it. He was the guy that was on the picture and stole Youngberg's chain. And at first, I was like, man, Youngberg is corny. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that's, that was, was, so when it happened, we all got a kick out laughing at that shit. You know what I'm saying? So when, uh, when, when he got shot and he got uh, paralyzed, I, I ain't know that, you know, he couldn't talk anymore. You know what I'm saying? I really didn't know. I, right. He has to use one of those speech. He got to use one of those speech things. And I just took that, like, from Sean Price. Like, I took that, like, man, like, man, nobody, nobody can get this but me. I can get this. You know what I'm saying? I can I can get this from Hex Murder. Nobody, or if somebody's got a Hex Murder on that song, this because they heard me. That you hold on to in the in the uh in a in a Mortal Kombat or or a Street Fighter, Marvel vs. Capcom. That's the special move you when you build up to having Hex Murder on on right. on the albums. So I'll have them on all, all the albums. And the fact that uh. And the fact that he was able to uh, put his put his recent album, uh, the joint that Hex, the intro that Hex is on, uh, Big Ghost is also one of those components of Spencer for Hire. Yeah. And he, Big Ghost kind of like remixes all of this, like his favorite song here, listen to the album, be like, yeah, I'm going to remix this song right here. I'm like, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? And it's always, he always remixes the song that has like a stellar feature or you know what I'm saying just because you know that shit I, I would want to do that joint too you know what I mean the, the one that the one that just the features the one that has the feature that stands out the most and I think that uh me and Stove God on the record is very uh, like a perfect contrast you know what I'm saying yeah, and uh, sure. and having Hex Murder on there and then having Big Ghost remix that and having Hex Murder redo vocals for that like that was just genius. I didn't ask for that, and I thought that that was dope. That was very uh, thoughtful of Big Ghost and Hex. So shout out to Big Ghost and, and Hex for uh, for for you know keeping the you know creativity juices alive and utilizing. You know what I'm saying? Right, and it's just like 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 I'd go on on a limb and say that Spencer for Hire is my favorite thing that. Maybe, maybe, maybe my favorite series of things you've done because they're just like, because like they're always so loose and just like fun and like the beats sound like really, you know, like Jim's style is so like expansive and open and just so like, cine uh, uh, I, I, like, like cinematic, you know, it just gives me like, it really just puts me there. It's, it's really like y'all created 
the TV show for yourselves. And um, before we um, before we move on from Spencer for Hire, I guess just like, did you have a personal connection to the show or was it just like a thing you thought of because it was like a show you liked and it just like happened to be oh, cool? It was, uh, I mean, I, I watched it from time to time when it came on the TV. I was a shorty when it came out, you know what I'm saying? saying Spencer for Hire came out I was like nine years old ten years old you know what I'm saying so I couldn't really comprehend it but I liked it because his name was Spencer and my last name is Spencer so that's why I, that was my attachment to it you know like it's, it's cliche as it sounds that's definitely what it was like yeah his name is Spencer my last name is Spencer so yeah Spencer for Hire <laughs> hire me you know what I'm saying <laughs> I mean like whatever Good works job done right yeah yeah exactly yeah simple as that because um because like because like the guy yeah because like his whole thing was that he was like a like (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna date myself like a little further because like because like the show was before my time but from what i understand he was like you know like it's, it's it's in the title so like he was like a so he was like a he was like a like a beat detective or something, right? And he would just like get hired mm-hmm. to solve cases, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you're like, that's the whole, and you're like, that's what that's always like the vibe that I get from like l- like they're not concept albums, but it but but like I yeah. just get that whole like oh it's time for another one, and you're like y'all give it like the it's like season one and two in one album and three and four and another, and you're know, like you're bringing in like and it's similar- different and different features. Right, yeah. Features for each one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The only one is different. The only one that stays the same is the Husky Kingpin. As long as we do GS3, it's going to be a GS3 on right. every Spencer for Hire album. And, and shout out to Hus yeah. too, because, yeah, Hus Kingpin is fucking amazing. Those those Bjork albums that he put out, them shits are nuts. Yeah. But, um, yeah, them shits is mad nuts. Shouts to the Wave Lord. Always. Like, and also the song, um, the song you have with Jamonte on Spencer for Higher Four is one of my favorites too. Just like, yeah, like, J- yeah, like Jamonte, uh, yeah, yeah, Lord Jamonte. Shout out, shout out, shout out to Ogman. He's amazing too. Like, just, yes, uh, uh, Lord, Lord, Jamonte, man, is, yeah, he got that distinctive style that I like, man. I like when, when, when artists are able to, you know, everybody can rap. Everybody's said all of the words in the dictionary, all of everybody has. And, <laughs> The fact that you can do it ain't what you say is how you say it. Uh-huh. And I look at uh I look at I look at uh uh John Monty as an artist that can bring something to the table. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, shouts out to John Monty. He really gets busy. I really like his style. Yeah, me too. Like just hearing the like. Yeah, he's just he's just he's just like super dope. And just like the way he puts words together, the way he says the words and the beats he chooses and like the song titles, like he's just he's he's got it, bro. He's got it. Yeah. Um and uh what else? There there was I just I just lost my train of thought. Um I don't want to get too distracted, but because I'm thinking about it, I had to also shout out Iron Wigs because the thing that y'all did with, um yeah, nah, like I love like the Iron Wigs project didn't get enough love for me. Like I remember when it came out yeah. and like and like and like that last song that y'all did, like, yeah, it's like shout out to you, shout out to Verbal Kent, shout out to fucking Sunny Jim. Like y'all are just a really tight trio and just like yeah, I yeah, like I don't have a question or anything. I just Iron Wigs was fucking dope. Like, congrats on that one. That shit was crazy. Yeah. Iron Wigs came from 
Yeah, Iron Wigs really came from uh, Verbal Kent featuring on the first Spencer for Hire. Right. You know, we all find we all kind of like 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 the vibe of that record, and we just wanted to extend what we what we did on that record into a whole album. The Mellow Music Group just happened to take a liking to it, and then the rest is history. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like anybody, anybody who hasn't heard it, go listen to um um, um go listen to Iron Wigs. I can't remember what the album's called. I'm your I'm, birthday's I'm, I'm, canceled. Your birthday's canceled. Your That's birthday's it. I'm a bad. Canceled. I'm a bad. I'm a bad journalist. But yeah, it's called <laughs> your birthday's canceled. And um, nah, go listen to it. It's crazy. That last song is one of my favorites too. Um, just the beat is nuts. You both went. Uh, all three of you went in. But um, you know, like I bring up all of that because like, you know, you have this like you jump between you jump between so many different worlds and work with so many different people and you know like you're just kind of like the glue binding all these different styles together and that kind of and that shows in the way that you uh especially with your solo projects like the way like how invested you are in like the direct-to-consumer model of fan interaction like you like selling mm-hmm. your albums and dms and like really like building relationships with fans like that's always been something I've really admired about the way you move. And, you know, just cause I'm curious, like for you, like what's been the value of kind of like building those relationships with fans by having that direct to consumer relationship. Cause like not very many, I can only think of a handful of other people who really do it like that. It's starting to become more popular, but like you were one of kind of, you were kind of one of those like first adopters of that, at least in this, like, you know, like mostly digital context. So like, what have you kind of yeah. gained from that? Uh, I get to really channel to see who's really invested in Vic Spencer and on an up and close and personal level. And um, it also, I'm also, it been, I, I feel like it, I'm benefited from having um, interactions with people that listen to my music. Like I really feel like I should be dialoguing with people that, relate to my music in this matter where they would trust me to send them an album and you know in this scam world you know what i'm saying people are trusting me to send them an album like it just brings me closer to my fans like you know uh a lot of my fans you know i, I tell them in dms after they purchase the album like you know you could talk to me about anything like fans still hit me up they ask me about, am I dropping any more albums like that? You know, sometimes I want to, sometimes I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mm-hmm. pulled the trigger on dropping one last year. I was supposed to drop one last year. I didn't, I didn't, I, I chose not to because I didn't want to make it, like, a thing. Like, I'm going to do this every year. At first, I, I thought about it, but I was like, nah, you know what I'm saying? I ain't got to do that every year. But, you know what I'm saying? I would love to do it again. Will I do it again? Yes. You know, because I, I feel like, it brings me closer to my fans and it also gives fans fans a sense of control. You know what I'm saying? Of actually where they could have control of. Cause I feel like Twitter gives so many people different kinds of control. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, 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 and people uh, judge music off other people's tweets and stuff like that. But when you have like a, a consistent core fans that's buying your music and, 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 and talking to you in DM, it just brings it closer and it, you won't have to speculate if somebody's judging your album from a tweet. You know what I'm saying? They actually went to your DM. They actually, this is the only way you can get it. So it's actually action being put 
behind listening to Vic Spencer's music. And I think that's that's important as an artist to know that it's people that's willing to do that. Right. Nah, I agree. It's real important to know that because like at the end of the day, we're all people. And, you know, you you know, like the artist is a person and like the consumer is a person. And there's so many benefits like, I mean, I mean, you already mentioned them, but like there's so many benefits to just kind of like bringing that wall down in that way and just kind of being like i'm a person like i'm giving you a piece of myself you know like you know like you're somebody like like you're somebody who takes rap pretty seriously which is you know i feel i feel like most people do but like you really like this is like you're giving people a piece of you and that's and that's like that's sacred you know just like to like trust someone in that way and to kind of like hand wrap it and like deliver it to them after like a direct money exchange like that's you know, like there's a reason a lot of people do that on top of the fact that y'all are getting all the money for it. Like it's 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 more than just money, you know, and like that yeah, creates definitely. that creates that creates like a bridge that is going to be there. You know, like and, and yeah. like somebody, somebody, somebody will follow you from a psychological cheat sheet to an iron wigs or to a Spencer for hire or to uh, or to another big ghost project. If y'all ever do another one of those, you know, like it's it's. Oh. You know, like that, 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 that's just like, that's, that's fire. You know, like that's a really beautiful model to have, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. I just felt like I just, I, I wanted to have a better way to connect with my fans, like to see it with my own eyes. Like you can see analytics on Spotify and all these streaming sites and stuff like that, but to really have a grasp of value, of, uh, of 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 being able to connect with your fans in that way, it just brings so much uh, security in the secu- uh, in the situation. You know what I'm saying? I should never feel insecure about my music because I was able to connect with so many of my fans all across the globe. You know what I'm saying? And it's just right. wonderful to be able to con to be in contact. It's just wonderful. Just just imagine, like, just imagine in the '90s if we could be uh have uh connections to red man just like that i'm saying what if i'm that person for what if i'm that person for somebody like damn i ain't even know i can get this close to an artist you know what i'm saying and i'm making it just easy for 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 artists i mean for 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 a person to you know uh reach out to an artist you know what i'm saying and like people want to take pictures like man yeah i seen big spencer i ain't want to take no picture with him though yeah, man, we tell, I'm not that kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? You take a picture with me. Ah, you can hold a camera. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, so I just want to be able to be up close and personal with people that's, that, that that has that kind of attachment to my music because I feel like like not only do I owe that, it's just that when you're a musician, you're supposed to be bringing people into your world. Like, that's one of right. your occupations. Like, you know what I'm saying? And you making making this music, you bring people into your world. You know what I'm saying? And I'm being able to do that, like in the live flesh. You know what I'm saying? Bringing myself into people's world. They and and it's just giving the it's just giving giving it open open uh, open value. You know what I'm saying? People will take that and be like, yeah, man, I actually can see that Big Spencer is a a well rounded nice person overall, not just the a good musician because he said talk to his fans about anything and you know dialogue back and forth with them listening to stuff listening to the feedback like like those 
those albums specifically, like the ones I sold like straight to fans, like I gave them like the control, like what what uh like kind of like what the Donda Two did, but like kind of like they can go in and and give input about how the song is mixed, how the right. song, what is this about, like like they had up close up close uh control of how the music was um was uh was how it sounded you know what i'm saying not like what i said or anything because what i said is said but like say if a song had a, a, a choppy mix on it like somebody that's a producer that bought my album can kind of like yeah man i noticed it's so chopped it's kind of like off and we'll go fix it you know what i'm saying and, right. and, and, and bounce it, put it back in the files and, and continue to go on. And that's exactly, I mean, just having that connection with somebody that, you know what I'm saying, that's outside of your friends and, and stuff like that, that can uh, that can pinpoint stuff out like that. And knowing that I care about detail and stuff like that and pinpoint stuff that I might have missed and just being able to go back and chime in on it, that's a good, that's good gesture. That's good human, that's good human traits. You know what I'm right. saying? I just want to show that in the in, in the flesh in my music. You know what I'm saying? Like I I I think I I take pride in wanting to be able to be that way for my fans, especially the strong listeners. Right. And you know, on top of that, you're also giving them like actual good product that like while you can fix it, it's you know, it's like good music. I didn't like Donda too. Yeah. <laughs> but but I get what like, like <laughs> I never heard it. I, I never heard it, but it's just like yeah. I was hearing, like you, know, you can go back and control how things sound and yeah, because of the stem player, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, no, I, I thought that was pretty cool. I was, I was, I was on it way like years ago when I started <laughs> doing these albums. Then I guess I just didn't have this little pill. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, and you know, like. And, and just like talking about this like intimacy like like that people have with your music and just like and just like your detail orientedness like like that's like that's one of the reasons that the intro track to this new project you got with Dr. Mindbend is still here really hit me because it starts with like a medley of a bunch of your old songs. <laughs> and um I thought that was a really cool detail. And I guess just like how does it feel to be at that point in your career? where you can do like that kind of retrospective and just kind of be like, Hey, like, this is what, like, like, this is some of the stuff I've accomplished over the course of the last, like almost a decade at this point, you know, like the only other people I could think of who did something like that was, um, uh, the, the last Gangstar album premiere did that with like a bunch of their old songs on the first track. So like, how does it feel to kind of be in that position to be like, yo, I did all of this, like, just to be like a flex, like, yeah. Yeah, uh, that that's that's crazy. Like the time that uh the time that has been going by, and my career blossoming and stuff like that. Like that's man, that that just blows me away that I'm able to listen to my to myself in that capacity. Like you know, all of these songs and and all of these years done went by, and I'm you know still excelling like it just lets me know that i'm still here like the name of the album is still here it just it just it just gives me that that quick reminder like yeah man you came a long way the consistency and stand with stuff like like you really you really lived out that 
I really did. I really, I really lived out like just showing the consistency and showing why I love it. And, 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 and that's why I'm still here. You know what I'm saying? And I, and all those beats, all those uh, songs uh, was produced by Doc as well. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, 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 so man, it just showed how me and Doc, how, how long, how far me and Doc came. Like I've been recording with Doc for 12 years now and, just just never put out an album together and this is our first album uh and and we went through a lot of different changes like we both should have been discouraged by now you know what i'm saying especially with like putting out a project me and him but uh we just kept at it you know what i'm saying a lot of different uh loopholes we had to go through a lot of different you know the mick jenkins shit i hate to go back to that that mick jenkins shit kind of it, 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 it was it got involved with that album like that we worked on that album for years not for not for as long as i've known them but uh me and doc the album started off as an ep then it broke off to an album then the album direction changed once the album direction changed uh you know a lot of different people got involved in it then the dick jerkins mick jenkins stuff happened People were choosing sides, and we had to go back to the drawing board. And yeah, it just like we recorded me and Doc totally like we got like at least a hundred songs. That's just like there's no exaggeration with that. We got right. at least a hundred songs. Like it's that crazy. Like for real, for real. Like we got a hundred songs, and and you know not to be able to put out an album. With your with your with your brother who you've been recording with, and I put out all these albums. You know what I'm saying? It kind of bothered me a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But you know, it's perfect, perfect timing. Still here. It's a time capsule of from the past twelve years of my career. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I was able to uh, have that specific sound represent in this whole entire album i think that this album is totally different from everything that i've done because because of it being like a time capsule and you get to hear different time different time periods and it just like reminds me of all of the things that i endured listening to this album so right. yeah man shouts to doc yeah, nah, shouts to Doc, because like, A, the beats are all great. And B, I had no idea that this was like a, I had no idea that this was an album that kind of, that that took so long to make. So like, so like you're saying that, you're saying like, so are all, so are all the songs, so, so are all the songs on this album like from different points in time or were all of them made specifically for this point in time? No, all different points in time. Okay. Like the lead single contemporary section, I recorded that in 2016. Mm, okay, okay. And that's wow. one of the favorite, that's one of my favorite songs I've ever recorded. So just yeah, imagine just that. sitting on a song that you that you just think about in that in that light. That's that beat. I remember uh being around like a room full of females and, and, and all of that when I first heard that beat. And I didn't want to cry, so I cried in the inside. Like oh. I wanted to cry because of that beat. It's just that raw. That's just oh. man. It blew me away. And, and 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 we were focusing the album on like contemporary art and contemporary jazz, and we trying to mesh 
uh, Michelangelo into contemporary jazz. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to mesh that situation up. And uh, it was an idea of, of, a, of an artist by the name of Will Prince Art. He kind of got involved with me and Doc's project and kind of, you know, wanted was to steer in this direction of uh, doing music in that light. And when a dick jerk and shit dropped, he kind of like, you know what I'm saying, chose the side, you know what I'm saying, and removed himself completely from the project. So me and Doc had to, you know, go back to the drawing board, you know what I'm saying? And But that song, Contemporary Section, was probably like the only song that I took from that series of recording mm. and put it on this album. So a lot of though, like we, the Green Light EP, some of that, that was our first project. Some of those songs are in between songs, like little snippets and stuff like that. So like different parts of the album is done in all these years. So of course, like the song with 38 Special, that, I think we recorded that together last year. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, or the year before, uh, the Planet Ages, same year before. You know what I'm saying? The smooth, smooth with a V. That was uh like three years ago. You know what I'm saying? So, we like, uh, like man, you know, a lot of these songs are not new. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these right. songs are just like from time of me and Doc working on our album and it never got done because of these pl extra players that was involved in our shit. Kind of right. like fucking up the groove. So it's kind of like, yeah, let me weave out all of this and, you know what I'm saying, make it a perfect album. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? I remember having, getting Oh No on the song. Like, I remember, <laughs> like, oh yeah. Man, That's one of my favorites. One. That song is crazy, yeah. the one Oh No on it. That shit is, yeah, he... Like when yeah. he raps, like when he rap, like like everybody knows him as a producer, and like people might know him from like the gangrene stuff, but like he doesn't yeah, get to yeah. rap super often. So like to hear him really cut loose, he he went in. I love I love that song. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off. Appreciate I just had to say that. that. Yeah, no, appreciate that love. Yeah, no. like just to have you know, just like oh, I just wanted to finalize what I was saying about the series, just like a a a, right. a fat capsule of. Of, of expensive music in no kind of order or fashion because music is art. You're supposed to just see it for what it is and make your own value from it. I feel like at the same time, still here is one of those, uh, one of those, if you've been listening to Vic Spencer music for a while, you kind of like know like, oh yeah, this is definitely not what a, what Vic Spencer normally does here. Like this right. is pure boom bap, pure hip hop at its finest. You know what I'm saying? Here on the doc shit. Doc, doc. It was my idea to have all of the drums out of the shit rap for a while and then bring the shit in. Now, you know, those are always my ideas, beat switches. And like I had a lot of ghost production on here too. Like I uh some a lot of the samples I brought to Doc, uh the joint with Planet Asia, believe it or not, man. Uh, I was cleaning up in the crib, man, and I was listening to a Klondike. It was a, a commercial Klondike commercial came on, <laughs> and and it had that weird ass sound. And I'm like, well, I stopped cleaning up. Like, what the 
fuck is that? That shit sounds so cold right now. I stopped the TV, rewind it, and looked it up on YouTube and took it to Doc. And the rest is history. That's exactly how that 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 blue man, that shit is cold. Every time I hear that, I just think about that moment how I was sweeping. It's like stop sweeping like Man, huh? like <laughs> rewind that shit. Rewind that shit. I love that. I love, I love having songs like that, and because uh, it just remind me of that that moment. I love that. I love that I had that moment. Like I was like totally distracted from uh, cleaning up to wow. you know uh, getting beats and stuff. So yeah, you know, I love it. I love that. I, I love that I could. I was able to you know implement a lot of that uh the indigo piece of the ghost shit i love that shit doc i'm like man joe doc you got to you got to you got to slow it down and just speed it up in this area yeah i'm gonna body that shit i couldn't wait to rap over that like i remember <laughs> you know what i'm saying like oh i was like man i don't even want credit for this because you did everything you did everything but i was just glad that i was able to have a hand and and in, in that in that regard right so, so two more yeah. questions. So two more questions before before um, 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 um before we wrap this up. So first, since this is a project that's kind of like made up of a bunch of songs, from over the course of the last like several years, what's the most recent song on this project that came together that like needed to be there? Because I'm hearing a lot of like stuff that happened like last year and like three years ago. But like, what's the most recent song? on this project that made it on here that just had to be had to be here the last song the last mm. song still here when i tell us that when i try to give like a little short version of how me and doc been through a lot and um yeah that song was recorded like i want to say like a half a year six months ago mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it's the still here joint that the 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 last song on the Steel Here album. That was the one. That was the that was kind of like the last. That was the last song for this album. Yeah, I believe that's that crazy, album. and that's fitting considering. It, no, no, finish your thought. I'm sorry. No, nah, yeah, that's why. Yeah, that, that's that's what I felt like that was missing. You know what I'm saying? We didn't have a story. We didn't have like a. You know what I'm saying? Why we call this Steel Here? You know what I'm saying? But I can hear myself saying still here almost throughout this whole project on a lot of songs. I'm still here in some way, still here, some 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 kind of crazy way. So, you know what I'm saying? But I just wanted to, you know, elaborate it, put like it was like a long, make a long story short type of vibe. Right. And and you know, like considering that this album is kind of like considering how special it is to you and how special it is to Doc and just like this culmination of like this long friendship y'all had, have, not had, have. Like one thing, mm-hmm. one, one thing I've always loved about your music from the beginning of my first interaction was like, you always rap like you, you always rap like you got something to prove on every single project. Like you, like, like you're maybe you might be one of the hungriest rappers I've ever heard, you know, just like you just have that like spirit about you. And it really makes all your songs like it, it makes it makes them hit that much more, you know, like you've been like, you know, you've been in the game for you've been in the game for 
almost 20 years at this point. You have dozens of projects to your name. You've collaborated with everyone from, you know, Sean Price to Planet Asia to, you know, like Stove God and like and like newer cats and like Earl Sweatshirt. You know, like you were on you were on the Earl beat with Denmark Vesey. Shout out to Denmark. That's family yeah. right there. Shout out um, to Denmark. Yes, always. Yeah. Like, so, you know, like you've like, like you've accomplished so much over the course of this, particularly over the course of this last decade. And you just keep going. Like, it's just like, you know, you just like, you just like have this chip in your shoulder and it just like gives you energy, you know, or a chip on your shoulder rather. Yeah. And it like, and it just like gives you energy and shit. And like, that's always something I've loved about your music. So like, I guess, uh, you know, like, you know, like my very last question is just like, I've been thinking about this a lot because I just turned 30 and people kind of like people kind of start to feel like not necessarily that I do, but just like I, I know like people in general, there's this whole notion in rap where people is just like, oh, like you're hitting 30 and, you know, you, you, you know, like whether it's like rap media or like rap, like period, it's just like you're hitting 30 and you're still doing this and da 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 da. You know, like people start to have their doubts, like even like even if you're even if you are successful. Like, you know, like people is like, oh, you know, are you still doing that thing? You know, whatever. So like, you know, like, I guess just like, cause I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, do you have any advice for artists or creatives who are kind of like stuck in that, like, or, or, not, or not stuck, but just like for people who aren't necessarily 20 anymore, but also, you know, like who are just kind of like in between like, young adulthood and quote unquote middle age who still feel that creative itch and are just kind of like looking to just, just, just constantly looking to prove that they have something to bring to the table, you know? Cause like you could mm -hmm. just cause like you're a really great example of someone who's like used consistency and built something really incredible for yourself. So yeah, that was real long-winded, my fault. But um Yeah, no, I think I got it. I got it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, my my <laughs> happy belated, by the way. Um, thank you, bro. My uh my my advice would be, man, continue to make things that you like. You know what I'm saying? Continue to make things like I feel like the reason why I still do it at the age that I am. It's because I still like the music that I make like I didn't make it. I still like it. I still got the passion to create. I still got the ear to uh, uh, and the patience to listen to beats in a, in, a, in a long period of time to pick some of the greatest beats that I have to rap over some of this stuff. That's, that's something that I uh, also take pride in. I feel like when you love it, like, you don't do it. Like, I'm listening. I'll be listening to my shit. Like, man, did I say that? I said that. Like, and really do it. Like, really listen and really love it. Like, nobody can take that feeling away from you. Nothing. Nothing. No, no discouragement can ever take away from that feeling that, that, that it gives you. I listen. One of the songs, I'll be talking about how I was listening to a song. It just took me out in the space. I remember just getting chills listening to this to the beat that I was speaking of. Like, like that's that's the kind of, you know, as long as I can still feel that, then man, that's that's I'm gonna never be discouraged. Not in that way. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm always gonna love what I what I, what I do. I love it. I love how I sound. I love the, you know, the the progress that I'm making. Like I don't have to be this, you know, this standout mainstream artist. Like I know I'm 40 years old. I just know that me being 40 years old is uh I'm 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 the longest of all my peers just keep rapping. Like everybody that I grew up with rapping. They don't even rap no more. You know what I'm saying? Like I did an album, The Ghost of Living, with all my homies, and none of them niggas rap no more. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like everybody that's on the ghost of living. Not one artist on the ghost of living is rapping anymore. <laughs> so you're carrying the torch for you and yours in a way like Carry, i'm carrying the torch you know what i'm saying i feel like i got a lot of people outside of myself to rap for so i got a lot of years on my back man so i gotta keep going right you know and just like i think that's really beautiful I don't really, you know, you know, like age has never really been a thing that I've thought of as like a, as like a deterrent or any, any sort of crazy shit like that. But I just know that like, you know, like societal right. pressure can be a motherfucker in that way. And Facts. it's just all, and, and yeah, for real. And just like, just to see, like, just to see people kind of like spit in the face of that and just kind of move in their own way and find their own success and just like revel in that. You know, like that's that always does my heart good. And mm -hmm. I just, you know, like I got to I got to really, you know, like tip my hat to anybody just like doing that. And you're like, you've been doing that forever. And like, I don't have any more questions, but just, you know, like just like as someone, <laughs> as, you know, just like as someone who's been like on the side or maybe not even on the sidelines, but just like who's been a fan for, you know, a while. Just like thanks for the music. Mm -hmm. um thanks for making me laugh and just kind of like bringing me into your world and kind of just like doing the you know you know you're a world builder in a lot of those ways and uh I've always admired yeah. that about your music and just like thank you for taking the time and thank you for keeping in touch and just like thank you for being an example of just like how to age well in this shit because that's inspiring to me so thank you bro I appreciate you man thank you just for lending your ear and, and doing what you do, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to get the music out there. And, uh, and, you know, just believing in the work and um, and just lending your ear to my music is just a wonder that I could never, you know, uh, I'll always be speechless and forever grateful for. Like, man, thank you. Appreciate you just for just, for all these years, just vibing with the God, man. That's a, that's, that's that just lets me know that I'm on something. I'm on I'm on to something and I'm gonna keep on going because it's guys like you that's gonna uh that's gonna make sure people get the music and, and my presence is felt. So it's like a link chain. We're a link chain, man. You know what I'm saying? One hand wash the other. And and then if if we all put our hands together, then man, you know, no hey, the world could take you a lot of places that way and you know it starts right. somewhere and it, it, it just starts with genuine people so i just appreciate you for being genuine and and, and, and vibing out to the big expensive work for real nah man absolutely you know you know like we all gotta we all gotta share our popcorn with each other on occasion right 
you know, like we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta snack together when we can. So, you know, anytime I could do that, I'm here for it. So, <laughs> thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far. And shout out to all the black people listening too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One.